Hello and welcome to another episode of Deep In With Ed. The Deep In With Ed Robinson. Hey everybody, I hope that everybody is doing well and I know it's been a minute since you've last seen me. Uh, I just want to uh, wish each and every one of you a very happy holiday season that's coming up. Trust and hope that you and your family are well. I was away for a week or so. Uh, one of my daughters had a delayed uh, pandemic reception that we were dealing with. Wanted to make sure, you know, everything went well and we had a wonderful time. I can raise the glass and say everything went well. And so I hope that you are doing well also. I uh, want to just encourage someone today. We want to talk about surviving the holidays, surviving the holidays. You know, when you think about what's happening uh, during the holiday season, I think that is very important, you know, and it's vital that, you know, you're prepared for the holidays, both physically, uh, financially, as well as emotionally. So nowadays, there's a lot of things that are going on in the holidays just has a tendency, you know, especially when a loved one has passed away, uh, it has a tendency to just be even more difficult. And so that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Deep End with Ed. But before we do so, I want to give you a lifeguard power moment. That is something that you can do for someone else. So the lifeguard tower moment that I want you to do is that I want you between now and Christmas, I want you to take some pastries, some good old uh, cakes, cookies, or whatever it is, whether you purchase them or you make it themselves. And I want you to take it to a nursery home, take it there for the residents that are there as well as for uh, the individuals who work there. So that's what I would like for you to do uh, for your lifeguard tower moment. Welcome back to the deep end with Ed and uh, we're talking about surviving the holidays. What are some things that you can do to help you during this holiday season as you look at all of the difficulties and the things that individuals are going through? On this episode, I really kind of want to lean in and just really talk about grief. Grief is something that, you know, most of us don't like to talk about. It's something that we just kind of take it and we stuff it down and we, you know, things happen. When you think about what has happened with COVID-19 and you look at the Delta variant uh, that has occurred, there's been a lot of deaths. 2020 was a very, seemed like a surreal year, but it was a, it was a, re, a reality of some very difficult things that had happened. And now when you look at 2021, even though, you know, uh, cities and states are starting to loosen the grip and the mandates, we're still not out of the woods. And there's somebody that is watching this particular episode or someone who's listening to this episode who who is struggling with the fact that you have a loved one who is not here. And it may not have anything to do with COVID or the Delta variant, but it may have been a situation where someone had passed before. So, for instance, as an example, uh, I had a brother who passed away in 2018 and then a sister who passed away uh, in 2016. So like 15 months apart 
from each other, my sister and my brother passed away. And I have to be very honest with you, it is still a difficult, heavy lift emotionally when I think about that. And what makes it more glaring, what makes it more difficult is when we come together for family gatherings, whether it's birthdays, weddings, for instance, my daughter's reception uh, the other day, my sister, Samantha, my brother, Raymond, should have been there. And now we have Thanksgiving coming up and then you have a Christmas. And so you might find yourself in a situation where you are struggling and what do you do at a time like this as it relates to surviving the holidays. And so I just wanna offer just some tidbits, some tips, some things that have inspired, some things that have encouraged me to get through uh, the holidays during this time. It's a heavy time, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna treat this as heavy because there are some things that you can actually do to help to mitigate, to lessen the stress, the burden, and so forth. And I wanna present it to you in a form of an acrostic or an acronym, LOVE, L-O-V-E. And so when you think about your loved one, when you think about your family member, when you think about that individual who's going through a particular uh, situation, when you think about you, you may approach a family gathering and the, the table setting and there's no one sitting there or all of these various things, what do you do at a time like this? So the L for love has to do with lower the volume. And let me explain what I mean by lowering the volume. So we have Black Friday that will kick off on this coming, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And people will be out spending billions of dollars to gather toys and things of that nature and gifts and Christmas things and what have you. But somebody soon after that, somebody is going to invite you or before that, they're gonna invite you to Thanksgiving. They're going to invite you to a holiday gathering. They're going to invite you to all of the things that you need to do. And you might be at a situation where you really don't want to go. But how do I get out of this? How do I say no? How do I, what are the things that I need to do to make sure that I'm not in that situation? And all I got to say is that you're in the driver's seat. You, you are really in the driver's seat. I am not a proponent of isolation. You know, I'm just going to stay by myself forever and ever and ever. And so, so one of the things that you can do is to, by lowering the volume, is to just decide. You can just plan. You might even write it out. I'm just going to plan whose event I'm, I'm going to attend. And if I do attend, how long am I going to stay? And then also, uh, if necessary, take someone with you to block for you. It might be a, a, a family member. It might be a friend, it might be a coworker, it might be a neighbor or someone. You know, there are some people that's really good at uh, getting people in and out of situations. So you might be find yourself in a situation where if I go, man, I don't know how to get out. I don't know how to exit stage left. Take somebody with you, consider taking someone with you. It might even be going to a worship service. You go to a worship service, and everybody's going to be asking you what happened. And I heard about your loved one and so forth. You've got a couple of options you can do. Go late, after the, wait until after the service start, and then leave a little bit earlier. Sit in the back or sit again with someone who can get you out. But as it relates to going to the events, you're not obligated to do anything. People would try to make you feel like you're obligated. You have to do uh, certain things. But I just want to let you know that there, there are you, you're not obligated at all. 
The other thing too that I have found, and I've used it twice with my the past of my sister and my brother, you can write what is known as a grief letter. I know most people probably never heard of it, but a grief letter is a letter that you can write and no, no more than maybe three or four paragraphs. And basically it's telling the, the, the recipients or the hearers, the listeners uh, that, hey, here's what's going on with me and my family. You don't have to go into details or anything. And here's how you can help me. You can help me by not asking me the same question over and over. You can help me by not uh, forcing me to try to uh, go to an event. You can help me by uh, not, um, you know, making me feel bad if I don't, you know, uh, respond back to you via text, phone call or whatever. And with a grief letter, you don't read it yourself. You may say, well, who's the recipient of it? If you're at, if you work for a company, as an example, you can give it to your leader, give it to your manager, your supervisor, your director, and have him or her to read it uh, to, uh, to a, a staff or a team, a company. If you're part of a faith organization, you can have them to read it there. If you volunteer, uh, if you're part of a sports team, if you're part of a school, and whether you work at a school or you're a student at a school, you can have the teacher, administrator, principal, or someone to read that information for you. Uh, the, again, these are tidbits, try tested and true tidbits that your boy Ed Robinson has used that has really worked out because it's really, you know, it's really tiresome when people come and keep asking you the same thing over and over uh, what happened and, you know, that, that type of thing. So, so I think it's important to be able to really be able to, in your own way, just create a plan. They say that he or she who has a plan is in command. So you can just write out a little group, a grief plan. Again, this is what I'm willing to do. It might be one event. It might be a half of event, uh, an outing or, or a gathering that I'm willing to go to. Um, I, and then part of that, you know, I'm going to make sure that I have someone to block for me or someone to interfere, someone, so to speak, to be my spokesperson, someone you trust and someone who has your best interests at heart. Might be a grief letter. You know, I'm going to write a grief letter to communicate to a person who can disseminate or share it with others who can help them uh, uh, to get the information at one per, uh, particular time. So again, you don't have to stress yourself out. And guess what? It's okay to say no. You know, I appreciate the invite, uh, but right now I'm just not ready. And sometimes you can get out there too soon and never really deal with your grief. And then things happen and now you're a little thrown off or whatever. So again, it's okay to lower the volume, that is lower the expectations. Don't let anybody put any unduly pressure on you as to what they feel is best for you. You know, people always have their opinion about things. Well, Ed, what you need to do, you need to get out and you need to go and party and you need to go and whatever. That may not be what I, what I need. Remember, grief is just like a highway. Sometimes you're on the the freeway and you're zooming all the way through. You're just flowing. Everything is humming. You're in the flow. And then there's times where you, you're just stopping. You're blocked. You're in gridlock. And grief sometimes is just like that. You know, you get to the point where like, wow, you know, you're a little bit overwhelmed. So again, the L again is for lowering the volume. Uh, the second thing is the O is for observe your boundaries. Again, it's kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Don't let anybody take you where you don't want to go. So establish a line of demarcation, establish an, a line of where, you know what, 
this is all that I'm able to do. I can't, I can't, I, I don't want to make all of these commitments to this person, that person. And now I'm feeling guilty because I didn't show up for, you know, this year's event. And especially, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays are the time where the grief and the pain and the, 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 just the, the, the sadness is just kind of enormous. It's magnified during that particular time. And one of the ways, again, one can help themselves is just to observe boundaries. I'm going to put in some specific boundaries of things that I am willing to do and I'm not willing to do. And one of the things might be, instead of you going to someone's home, instead of you going to their company Christmas gathering or Thanksgiving here and there, it might be kind of what I'm doing now. Do a Zoom call, you know, where you're, you know, and if, and, and if you're there, you may say to yourself, I'm going to only Zoom for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just kind of start off a little bit. And so again, there, there, there are tools and techniques and things that are out there. And again, if, if you're if you're on a, a Zoom call with someone, as an example, uh, you might have a loved one or a friend or someone right there with you. And so, you know, you let them know at this point, you know, I'm going to go 15 minutes or so. Or if they keep asking me the same questions or if you see tears well, well up in my eye, I need you to kind of just kind of jump in and take over uh, towards that end. Because, again, everyone not only is grief different. Uh, you, 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 you go down the, the, the highway differently, but at the same time, everyone deals with grief a little bit differently. Now, remember, there are five stages of grief or loss, and this is attributed to uh, a, a psychiatrist by the name of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Elizabeth with the S, E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H, B-E-T-H, Kubler-Ross. And she put together this thing called the five stages of loss or grief. And I find it to be very helpful when I'm talking with individuals because it helps me with the boundaries and all of the things that I'm dealing with. So the first stage has to do with shock. You know, most people are shocked. They're stunned when they hear about someone passing away, especially if it's unanticipated. There are anticipatory deaths and then there are unanticipatory where you're just shocked by it. So that's the first thing. The second stage that individuals go through is the anger stage, you know, where they're just angry, they're upset, you know, they're troubled. How could this happen? And then the third stage is what she calls the bargaining stage. The bargaining stage is where you say, I wish I would have, could have, should have, that type of thing. Maybe if I had stayed over a little bit longer, maybe if I kept him or her on the phone, maybe if I visited, maybe if I had written this letter, maybe if I had said I was sorry or whatever. So you have the bargain, that's the third uh, stage. And then the fourth stage is depression. It might be situational depression where I'm depressed and I'm, I'm a little bit discouraged during this particular time. When my sister Samantha passed away in 2016 and then my brother Raymond passed away in 2018, even though I was a public figure of sorts translated as a, a pastor, I still went through situational depression where it was hard for me to motivate and to keep pushing through towards that end, but we got through it. And then the fifth stage and the final stage is acceptance. And that's where you, you accept the, the passing of a particular loved one. Now, everyone doesn't go through those stages together. Some people might go from shock to depression. Some people might go directly to depression. Some people may, it's rare that people just go directly to acceptance, but it's a process and you may find yourself 
in between. And as you're trying to observe and find your boundaries, it's important to know which one of those stages that you are going through at that particular time. And so, so I find that to be very helpful. So again, just observing, observe the boundaries, know exactly what it is that you're dealing with. Let me say that again, in case if anyone uh, missed those five stages. So the first stage is, is, is um, shock or denial. The second stage is anger. The third stage is bargaining. The fourth stage is depression. And the fifth stage is acceptance. And so again, it's important to kind of just have an idea of where you might be in, in, that, in that particular phase. And here's the unique thing about it. I'm gonna throw this in for free. The five stages of grief or loss is not applicable only to death, even though that's the primary object, the death of a loved one, but it could be financial loss. It could be job loss. It can be a divorce. It can be a separation. It can be ill health. There's a host of things, but you can overlay that pretty much with any of those things, but typically as it relates to death. And so we're talking about, since we're talking about surviving the holiday. So the first, again, we're using the acrostic love. The L again was to lower the volume, just kind of, you know, lower the volume as to what you're dealing with. They always observe the boundaries to make sure, again, you're not being pulled here and there and everywhere. And then the, the V is for vividly tell stories of the loved one. I think we make a mistake when a loved one passed about or they pass, and then we, everybody wants, like it's taboo to talk about it. I think it's important to talk about the loved one. I think it's important to talk about their story. I think it's important to pass on information, especially good information. I'm not talking about salacious, juicy gossip or anything, but I'm talking about helpful, meaningful things. You know, for instance, you might have a loved one, you know, and they have little children. So for instance, my brother Raymond has a young daughter. And every time I'm with his daughter, I always try to share stories about her dad to let him let her know not only not only who he was, but he existed and he loved her and so forth. And so often when I find myself entering a situation where someone has passed away, and especially if I didn't know the person, I always like to lean into the family. And, and if they don't, I said, you mind, tell me a little bit about John. Tell me a little bit about Jane. And they start telling me. And what happens is that it's almost cathartic. It's therapeutic of sorts. It gives them an opportunity to just kind of release that pent up uh, emotion or frustration or anger or whatever it is. But at the same time, it allows me as the listener to glean or to gain uh, valuable information that can be helpful as I serve them, as I help them. So don't be afraid to, to, to tell your loved one's story. You know, and it might be those funny stories, those goofy stories. You know, let me just put a pause in that. What you don't want to do is promote negativity or ill will. You know, such and such, such, this and that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about telling the positive side of individuals. Everybody has a story. Everybody has skeletons in their closet. But we're not concerned about the skeletons. We're trying to figure out. Tell me something about uncle or auntie, brother, sister, nephew, niece, 
spouse, friend, coworker, whatever. And it's amazing, you know, especially I find that I find it very interesting and sometimes humorous at times when someone passes away that um, uh, these stories come out. You may have known somebody, you may have worked side by side with someone for 30 years, 20 years, and you never knew that, you know, they, they, they were a, uh, a male seamstress or whatever, or they made hats or they made curtains or things of that nature. So it's always fascinating to, to me when I learn about individual stories. So I think it's important to keep their legacy alive by telling the stories. So some of you are listening to me audibly or some of you that are watching this on, on YouTube and you might be at a situation where, you know, man, I haven't talked about mom or dad or my relative or my friend in 20 years, 10 years, five years. It's never too late. You know why? Because somebody is always willing to listen to your story. And so it's important for you to be able to keep their life, keep their legacy uh, alive. Every year I get together with my uh, sister, Samantha, and some of, I'm sorry, with some of her co-workers where she used to work. And we just get together and it's like, every time I'm with them, I learn a new story, a nuance about how she operated or how she got down, so to speak on her job. And then, you know, with my uh, brother, uh, Raymond and uh, his friends, I still see them in the community and some of the stories that we talk about. So I think it's important, uh, not only for you to have to tell the story alone, but there may be someone else who may even know your loved one and they can tell you some things that are beneficial to you also. So I think it's, so that's, that's, that's the V. So again, Lower the volume, expectations of all of these things, what everybody wants you to do, and you got to do X, Y, Z, and so forth. And then the other one, the O is for, again, just observe your boundaries to know that I don't have to do all of these things that everybody is, is want me to do. You have an opportunity to choose or not choose to participate. And then, as I said, the V is for vividly telling the story, tell the stories, talk about that, that mom, that dad, that loved one, tell the story so others can learn. And especially if you have younger kids who are part of your family who may not know anything about it. Uh, I, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, so uh, my wife's godmother, uh, the late mother, Annie Sullivan, she lived to be 103 years old. As a matter of fact, she passed away one week before our 104th birthday. Can you imagine that? Living 114, I mean, 104 years. I think she told me she lived through 19 presidents and all these things in her life. And so what we were starting to do was to just listen to her stories, write her stories down. And then one day I wanted to do kind of like an oral history of her story, of her life. And so what I decided to do, instead of just doing it on a on a radio or on a phone or something like that, a little, a little recorder, I invited her to go down to the studio. We went to a local television studio when I was doing my weekly cable program, uh, which was called Compton from the Inside Out. And we sat there and we put no time lim limits on it. And I think we, normally when I was taping, we'll start off doing 30 minutes, then we would do an hour. And I think we talked for like an hour and 45 minutes straight, just, just talking, just talking. That was one of the most requested uh, shows that people wanted to see even after she passed away because of the rich story that she was 
she was able to share her life with uh, with me. And so that's what uh, that's what I, I want to say to you again. Vividly tell the stories of your loved one. Do not stuff it away and all right, we're not going to talk about it and shh, whatever. No, feel free to be able to talk about it. And I, and I guarantee you, even you will feel a little bit better. And then the last thing uh, in L-O-V-E, again, L, lower the, lower the, you know, the, the, the volume, you know, the expectations, the always for observe the boundaries, you know, be aware of, you know, the boundaries you're dealing with. The V is for vividly tell the stories. And then the E is for expect ambush moments. You know, ambush is when someone, some, some just sneaks up on you all of a sudden, like, oh, where did that come from? And so let me just say this to someone, especially if you are uh, have someone who passed away and this is the first year, whether you're coming into the holiday season or even take the holiday season off the table and someone has recently passed away. There, what you there in grief, there are things which you call an ambush moment. It might be a song that you hear, and your relative may listen to it or used to dance to it, or you may have a situation where you know you you smell uh, cologne or you smell perfume of that loved one. This is this is real. These things happen. So, for instance, when my brother uh, Raymond passed away, Raymond was a uh, he was a master barber, and so. Uh, for a long time, I couldn't go into the uh, to the barber shop, see the chair, you know, to see the all of the you know the towels and the clippers and the straps. You know, they would do their razors with it, whatever. And one day, I decided to go into a uh, barber shop in Compton. And I had to walk out because I could see my brother, you know, cutting hair. And then one day, my wife and I went somewhere and we pulled up, and there was a red, I mean, a cherry apple red Z twenty eight. And this lady pulls right up and she gets out and she was of a, a, a bright complexion, as was my sister, Samantha. And my wife was couldn't figure out why I wouldn't get out the car. You see, because I was having an ambush moment. I saw my sister through that lady. And so, so be aware of things like that. It might be a car. It might be a restaurant you used to go to. It might be a movie that comes on that. You and your loved one always watch, like to watch over and over. It might be at a worship service. And so ambush moments will come. And there are times in which, again, you don't know what to do. And so all I'm saying to you is that when those things do happen, the old saying to be forewarned is to be forearmed. It is now that you've heard of this thing called an ambush moment, just know that these things happen. And when they do happen, you are okay. Don't let nobody tell you that you're crazy. Don't let anybody tell you that you're tripping. And let me just say this also during times like the ambush moments or even, even outside of an ambush moments. I think people mean well when they're communicating. We're talking about grief and we're talking about uh, uh, surviving the holidays, especially during time when a loved one has passed away. People say some dumb things. I'm going to say it for you. They say some dumb not ignorant, but ignant, I-G-N-A-N-T, ignorant things. I know that's not a word, but they say some hurtful things. And I don't think, I, I really don't believe that people mean any harm. But I think people, we, we as human beings, we aren't comfortable with silence. 
So what do I say to Ed? Hmm. It's kind of an awkward moment, you know, just to say hi, you know, whatever. And so like, for instance, when my beloved mother passed away 13 years ago, uh, someone told me whose parent and everything was, mom was still alive, told me, you need to get over it. It's been six months. I don't know if you ever get over the passing of a loved one, to be quite honest with you. And so, so when people tell you, you need to stop crying, when people tell you, you need to get over it. When people tell you that, you know, man, why are you tripping like that? I mean, so what you smell this cologne or so what you see a car like that or whatever, don't even try to defend or whatever. Just know, assume good intentions. Some people don't have good intentions, but just assume good intentions. So you won't get all worked up and stressed out about all of the things that people feel that you should have done and so forth. And so I just want to say to you that those of you who are dealing with uh, a passing of a loved one, especially, you know, 2020, 2021, may have been due, due to any illness, not just COVID, but this is your first time uh, coming together as a, as a family. Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, to, to, to show up have your boundaries or your volumes as to what's going on. And when you feel that it's okay for you to leave, you have to leave that it's okay. Don't let nobody shame you. Don't let anybody guilt you and to say that, you know, you have to, you, you, you know, you got to suck it up. You got to be tougher than this or whatever. No, it's tough. And I'm a pretty outgoing individual and I can hang with the best on a, on a myriad, on a multitude of subjects and conversations. I love connecting with people. But again, as I said, when my sister and my brother passed away, those times I just didn't want to do anything. Just sit in the car, go take a drive, whatever, go to the movie house. This was pre-pandemic and just kind of vegetate along those lines. But I know that we're created as relational beings. So we need each other. We don't have to bring everybody in. So don't isolate yourself to the point and don't, don't, don't artificially medicate yourself. I'm talking about whether it's, you know, uh, prescription drugs that are being abused, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, marijuana or cocaine or whatever. Don't, 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 don't do those things. It is hurtful. It is painful. But sometimes we have to go through the pain to get through the other side. You know, that old saying, no pain, no gain. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we have to deal with the pain in order to get to the other side. And the reason why I think I, I say that is that when we get to the other side, you can be able to help someone else who might be going through the same situation that you're dealing with. And so, uh, again, I know that it's difficult. It's a difficult time. And then lastly, before I drop off the feed is be mindful of the babies. Be mindful of the children whose parents may have passed away, whether again, during the pandemic, or it may be something a lot, there are a lot of young people, kids, and when I say kids, I'm talking about from the babies, all the way up to teenagers and so forth, who are now going through COVID, or now, I'm sorry, now going through the holiday season, and they, they don't know how to reconcile this. So one thing, Remember, as adults, we are our teacher, we are our, our, our children's first teachers. So they are observing how we respond to this thing. Do we fly off the handle? 
Do we artificially uh, medicate ourselves? Do we kind of like isolate and not be involved? If we do that, then they're going to duplicate what we're doing. But if they see us showing up and they see us talking about it and telling the stories, then they'll be able to do so. And remember, a lot of young people don't know how to reconcile the grief. So, so talk to them. Let them know, you know, it's okay what they're feeling. Let them know it's okay to cry. Remember, especially for the, the boys and the males, they tell you, you don't, you don't cry. You got to suck it up. No one, I, I am probably the biggest crier in America. And I, I cry on a dime because I grew up pretty tough and hard or whatever. But once I started realizing that, oh, it's okay. So appropriate to cry, you know, Bible even says Jesus wept. So if he wept, how come I can't, you know, weep? And so I think it's important to be able to, to talk to the children. Don't talk to them in big languages, big words. Remember, especially little kids, they are literal. They are literal. I'll give you an example. Uh, we were talking to one of my uh, great nephews one day, a few years ago. And uh, I think uh, my wife said something like, hey, we need to go, we're gonna roll over to such and such house. <laughs> and my, uh, my great nephew, DJ, DJ said, oh, well, we're gonna do that. We need a big Mac truck. Because in his mind, oh, we're going to roll over. We're going to run down this house. So we need, you know, something like that. So my point is, uh, remember children are literal when you're talking about them. So, so explain to them at a language where they can understand. And then if they don't want to talk about it, don't force it on them. Because, again, everybody responds to grief a little bit differently. So I, I, I trust, hope, and pray that as you go through the holiday season, especially for the year 2021, that uh, you can go through it knowing that you're, you're not alone, that you know there are people who struggle, including people like Ed Robinson, who struggle, who are going through the, structure, through the process themselves. And whether it was one month, one day, one year, or may have been 13 years or whatever, it's still a tough time that we go through. But you can get through it, but you can't get through it alone. You have to you have to allow someone to walk with you. We all need a community that will undergird us and support us and to encourage us. So whether it's your family, whether it's your faith community, whether it's your job, whether it's your sports team or your coworkers or whatever, someone, the community uh, that can just, you know, undergird you and let you know that, you, that uh, you're going to be OK. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like you're not going to be OK. But I just want to let you know we're taking it a step at a time. You know, that old saying, life is hard by the yard, but it's a cinch by the inch. If you just take it an inch at a time, a little bit at a time. So again, just remember to lower the volume of your expectations as you go through the grief. Don't, don't, don't let anybody, you know, put all these things on you. Observe your boundaries. It's okay to say no, you know, or if I do go, I'm just going to stay in this amount of time. Vividly tell the stories. Feel free to tell the stories of your loved one and then expect the ambush moments. So as we get ready to land the plane, I just want to give you a coachable moment. A coachable moment is something that you do for yourself. And I want you to keep the name and the number, get this for me, name and number of a therapist, a counselor, a faith leader, a friend, a family member, someone to whom you can call if you find yourself in a real dark place and you find yourself in a situation where you're just overwhelmed 
with grief and you're at you you just you need someone to be able to talk to i want you to be able to have that information where you can talk to someone and you can encourage and they can encourage you to let you know that you're going to be okay there's another number that i'm trying to find right now and i should have had it out a little bit earlier but uh, i want you to be able to be able to be in a point where you can talk to individuals and get the help that you need let me let me see if i can find this number for you the number that i want to give you to is it's called nami nami in like nancy a m mother i ice cream national alliance of mental illness national alliance of mental illness don't let the latter part throw you off mental illness doesn't mean that you're crazy basically what it is it is a support network and they have all kind of things that they can refer you to grief counselors to individuals who can help you whatever so toll free number 800-950-6264 1-800-950-6264 so again i appreciate you thank you very much i know this is a very special time for you as you navigate through the holidays and uh i'm very grateful for you just tuning in and i and i trust and hope that you would share this episode with someone else because there may be someone else who is struggling and someone else who is going through the same process you know as i always like to say if we join hands together we can go twice as far and so i'm very grateful and thankful for you for joining in uh, with us and i want you to know that uh, you can connect with us again on instagram facebook at deep in with ed subscribe to our youtube channel um the uh, deep end with ed podcast is a, a beyond the mass conversation production